0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Midwest Wed, everything you need to know about weddings in the Midwest, brought to you by local experts. I'm Melanie. And I'm Anne. And we're the Midwest Midwest Wed. Wed. Nailed it. Yes, we did. Episode 7. What are we talking about today? Today, so we told you last week with the timeline that we were going to try to discuss some of those bullet points in the timeline a little bit more specifically. And why not start off with the first one? And our first bullet point was selecting a venue. Right. So right after you get engaged or right when you want to start planning your wedding, if you're one of those people that gets engaged and is like, you know what, we'll get married in three years, then you can put off wedding planning for a year if you want to. Or you can start chopping around good ideas and phrases. Right. It just kind of depends. I feel like not a lot of people do that in the Midwest. No. I feel like they're kind of like engaged, married, like they follow Within the timeline. Yeah, yeah. Versus, I've got a couple friends on the coast and in Texas who have been engaged for like six months, and neither of them know when they're getting married or what their plan is. What continent they're even going to? Right. Be on. We don't
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> so selecting a venue, I think, is key. The biggest mistake we we constantly see our brides setting their date. And then not checking with their venue or their church or ceremony location
0: to um make sure that date is available. Like, right. unless you have a specific date in mind, because it was like your parents' anniversary or something was significant, or grandma's that birthday or something that like means... to change the, the location. Right, because of the date, you kind of yeah. have to let your venue set your date for you based off of what's available, unless you're booking it extremely far out, because mm-hmm. a lot of venues are going to be booking up a year to two years in advance, depending on their demand. And so you kind of got to go with what is available in a lot of regard. The other thing I see that happens is people will go
1: to the reception venue because those books so far out, and then they'll try and go back to their church. Like um, months later. Right. And they're, oh, we're getting married on this day at at this place. And the church says, well, that's not available because we already have a wedding or it's a religious holiday and we, we can't accommodate you. So then they're either changing their ceremony
0: location um, or trying to be the easiest thing to do because some venues say your reception has been booked for two months before you go think to book your church and it's not available. Some venues are not going to have the ability or the desire to accommodate to your date change Mm -hmm. if it's already been booked for two months. So you got to think about all that stuff at once. What do you find is the most important aspect of booking a venue? Do you know? I don't. I would say probably the number of people that you want to have at your wedding. But I also think, like, in a place like Bismarck, where, you mean, your vibe is so different. Mm -hmm. Like, I personally would care more about the aesthetic of my venue than the, like, maximum amount of people it holds. And I would, like, make my guest list work. Right. So if, like, my dream venue can't hold the amount of people I want to invite, then I would just cut the guest list. Mm -hmm. But I think that I'm probably the minority of North Dakotans that would do that. I think that a lot of North Dakotans are, like, guest list is going to be a priority, and your venue has to fit how many people you're willing to, or you're wanting to bring Mm -hmm. to your wedding. And I think that
1: sometimes venues, like, they buffer those numbers a bit. Like, there's one venue... I'm not going to say where it's at because it'll totally just give it away, but there's one venue that me and Jamie worked out this a couple years ago in the past couple years, (laughs) and they had told the bride and groom that it fit. we'll just say 350, and they packed 350 guests into that venue, like sardines. It was ridiculous. I mean, the tables were so close that you couldn't really push your seat back to get in and out. And it was bumped all the way up to where the bride and groom and bridal party sat. It was so tight in there. And I'm like, if they would have just been more realistic and said this was like more of a 250 venue, people would be able to enjoy their dinner without being elbow to elbow. Not even elbow to elbow, like shoulder to shoulder.
0: I mean, I think it's fair to say that some venues literally are giving you your max capacity that you're allowed to have in there other than without it being a fire hazard when they tell you how many people can fit into a room so you have to consider that like a head table is kind of an awkward thing when you're trying to like position tables in a room so like that's gonna cut back the number of people capacity wise if you want to not have to clear tables off your dance floor which I think is nice if you Mm -hmm. don't have to do that you have to also consider that the a lot of venues will be like oh yeah we can fit 600 people but What's comfortable? Yeah. It might be 450 to 500. Yeah, I would and, say so. Anybody looking at venues
1: based on the amount of people that they can actually hold should be attending a wedding that
0: has that many people. And I honestly think that the only venue I have been to in this area that doesn't have kind of a buffered capacity is Blackleg. I think like what they tell you fits is very honest.
1: Yeah, I haven't been in one, in a wedding there that is overly crowded. Like, all the tables are nicely spaced, but the head table has room to move. I mean, that other venue that I'm speaking of, it was so bad to the point where, like, you were bumping into the head table to go through the line to get food. Mm. I mean, and when the bride, like, I didn't bring it up, but when the bride's bringing it up, it's, I mean, then I know I'm not the only one complaining. I also think it's
0: totally okay to, like Mel said, you want to be attending a wedding that is of that size. And... Theoretically, that might not be possible, but you could ask, like, hey, the next time you host an event, whether it be a wedding or a... Or do you have pictures
1: of a wedding that size?
0: Right. Can I see what it looks like when you're seating 600 people in this ballroom? mm -hmm. Because that might be acceptable by their standards, but maybe it's not acceptable by yours and so that's something to think about. But I think that number of guests is probably mm-hmm. the way that a lot of people and budget mm-hmm. decide their venue. Right. Like um, I said, I would decide based off of what I find aesthetically pleasing, but I think I might be a slight minority. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: the biggest part about picking a venue is knowing what's included because yes, we ran into this with my sister's wedding. Um, they tell you, you know, The fee for the day is $3,000. Okay. And she just had the assumption that it came with the tables and chairs. Um, That was an added cost. Because with my wedding, my wedding was, you know, this amount for the entire weekend. Um, Chairs were included. Tables were included. I had options of circular tables or rectangular tables. Um, Bar staff was included. Like, you know, some venues We'll just say, here you go, here's the total package amount, and they'll break it out very detailed so you can see what's included and what's not. And if you're new to this, you don't know what to look for. Right. And so when my sister had told me she selected this and it was this amount, I said, you better not sign that contract till you get a detailed expense report of right. what, what all are is you What are you for getting for
0: that dollar amount?
1: So I think knowing what is included in that venue, that venue fee is really important, especially if you're a person on a budget where you're like, I'm only spending three to $5,000 on a venue.
0: But think like okay so I'm spending three thousand but what are going to be my added costs if it doesn't include tables or if the tables come without linens and you're not having a decorator yep. or like is there any setup or teardown or are you responsible for chairs or you know all of that stuff uh what's included is really important especially for your budget
1: and when can you get in to decorate or when do you have to be out because nobody wants to spend the night of their wedding tearing, tearing down. down their wedding no like oh okay we another just reason to have a decorator. celebrated until 11 o'clock and now we're trying to get couples everybody out of our our reception area because we have to have all the decorations down and out and the place cleaned by one
0: that it's is so funny realistic. too like before I started to get to know a bunch of vendors in town I never realized the decorators come in and start tearing down the dance, like, shortly after the first dance. Like, they're taking centerpieces away and that kind of stuff. They're just so stealthy. But now that I know them, I'm like, hey, Brenda. (laughs) (laughs) They're always there. And I'm like, oh, that's just another great reason to have a decorator because... Yeah, who wants to tear down, down their own wedding well, decorations, especially yourself, the night before. like or the, the night cocktail after. hour. Who's tearing
1: down your cocktail hour stuff while you're eating dinner? Right. You know, yeah. people just, those are things to think about when, you know, planning yeah. your wedding. Um, the other important thing I always like to mention are catering costs. Do they let you bring in a separate caterer? Do you have to do all the food through them? Do you, if, you have the
0: choice? Is there food through them? you know, or do they have a recommended list if there isn't food through them? Right.
1: Um, Are the meals plated? Do they come? One thing I found out the hard way um, up until like a week before our wedding was that our meal only came on plastic and paper options. And so to have physical, like, cer- not physical, but like ceramic style plates and and silverware was an additional cost and then it was an additional cost to have it served to you versus like a buffet right. Those because are all like you gotta things. think
0: like if you're not eating yeah uh, in a buffet and you're eating served food that's a whole lot more staff for that venue yep. and i was so... very
1: particular in that because i'm like that's just
0: something that I like. <laughs> but it's a very it good depends, spot. It also depends on your venue because there's some venues that are just much easier to have a buffet in. Mm. And then there's some that just don't
1: have the room for it. You mean like those venues that tell you they fit 350 people and they only yeah. fit 250? Right. Yeah, there's no way they could have had that 350
0: plated. people plus a buffet, it makes for a very full room. But could you imagine waiters trying to walk through those? Right. But that's another spot you
1: could cut costs by, mm-hmm. you know, doing buffet style or paper plates versus right i would never recommend that but
0: <laughs> but if you're I trying never to budget and you ever recommend really paper plates spend... i
1: absolutely strongly dislike of them they're a complete mess i don't
0: think i've ever been to a wedding that had paper
1: plates think about the environment man <laughs> go green right reusable ceramic plates yes reusable plates <laughs> not single use um but yeah that's a that's a budget corner
0: right there um alcohol bar what's included in that yes what are your options as far as like like a lot of north dakotans do keg beer Mm -hmm. and like to like pay for the kegs ahead of time so that there's some kind of yep some kind of free alcohol because it's really uncommon to see a open bar in north dakota because the weddings are too big and people drink too much at weddings
1: we we did an open bar um and then we, but you guys were
0: kind of destination, yeah, we so were your Montana, wedding was, like, we, a little smaller. Yeah, hundred and five, hundred and seven. 107. Sure. Um, Could you imagine having an open bar at a 400-person no, wedding? No, <laughs> I couldn't, but I've I've seen it where they'll do, like,
1: an open bar for just the cocktail Or hours. just an hour. Yeah. But if you're going to do that, make sure you tell them, like, a specific amount that you're going to allow it up to. Instead of being like, oh, we're going to have an open bar from 4 to 6, be like, we're going to have an open bar at 4, And till the bar, this is only up to like $3,000.
0: Because I've heard it go real south real fast. (laughs) Agreed. Agreed. And, but then also when it comes to keg beer, it's like some venues will let you buy the kegs and have them brought in, Mm -hmm. which is a lot cheaper if you buy them from a liquor store. Some venues, because of the liquor license issue, I think have to supply the kegs and then they're going to charge you their price for them, not liquor store price. So there's always like, Obviously, there's rules in place for a reason, so, mm-hmm. like, they're just accommodating to the, like, liquor license, but I know there is some wiggle room with certain venues and how liquor licenses are written.
1: Some people will let you buy a bottle, too, like, so you could buy, like, five bottles of Jack Daniels, sure. and those would, whoever orders a Jack Daniels would be free for yeah, the evening and until been, it's
0: gone. I've been to weddings where it's, like, there's, like, a signature drink mm-hmm. instead of keg beer because maybe the bride and groom don't like beer. And so then maybe you serve mint juleps as your like drink of choice and those are free for the first like two or three hours. You know what I mean? Just something specific where it's like they still have the option to drink other things and pay for them themselves.
1: I think when selecting a venue, the other important thing is to do a walk around. You know, looking at a place online is easy to do, but physically going out and seeing it is another thing. Also, ask your venue if they're going to be making any drastic changes within the year because, like, you're booking this out a Mm -hmm. year in advance. Um, Specifically, like, with our venue, we booked it out. They ended up going bankrupt for closing, and then um, we had to find another venue. Did that super kind of rushed. um, Went and looked at it. It looked great when we went out there. We went back a year later to get married. They added this really, really tacky... um, overhang off of the barn I mean they just did some some things that they thought was better and I mean in indoor
0: and hotel venues we're talking about like replacing the carpet to something that's like maybe those are all like
1: upgrades or more
0: appealing yeah or like if you go to a venue and you love everything but the carpet looks like it's 20 years old it's fair to ask like hey do you know when this carpet's being replaced because if that's your deal breaker but it actually is getting replaced before your wedding then hey and
1: you, you should know that because, mm-hmm. okay, so Blackleg when they were building theirs, they had this big extension on the back that is now where the bar is. But when I shot the very first wedding out there, it was just the barn. Mm-hmm. And that was just a big cement slab. And I mean, now it's grown to something awesome, but they were still in construction mode. So sure. if they're doing a big extension on it that is going to have loud construction workers or going to be half finished or... Um, is going to cause your guests issues with parking and sure. getting around. You should be aware of those things. Right.
0: So, I mean, there's a lot of things that you would need to know when you're picking your venue that you maybe don't think of because, like we've said before, it's not like you've planned a wedding before, mm-hmm. nine times out of ten. You maybe have watched other people do it. You've maybe helped people, but, like, you've never done it for yourself with your likes and dislikes and budget and all that stuff. So... It's good to like think outside the box what do you need to know about your venue or all the venues that you're looking at before you sign your life away to one of them.
1: <laughs> I like when venues give them give you the ability to have the venue the entire weekend so you're not feeling rushed with it.
0: That's you like my kind of favorite thing it about it. Like,
1: yeah, you get it for the whole weekend, you can add on all the lodging for everybody. That's that's I think that's so cool.
0: Like is Blackleg one of the more expensive venues in town? I think it is. Mm-hmm. But you get so much. Like, in their packages, there is a day of coordinator. Like, Shanda's there, and she's there to help you. Um, I believe that a lot of their tables are included. Mm-hmm. Then you can add on this lodging, which saves hotel rooms for, like, everybody. You can so do many rehearsal people. dinner out there. And you're um, not paying an extra fee for a rehearsal dinner. Right. You're just like, bringing in, you can do
1: your own catering for your rehearsal dinner and your wedding if you want. Right. Sounds like a nightmare, but you could do it if you were trying <laughs> to cut corners. Easily done. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Black Lake's great. There's a lot of, like you said, there's a lot of great venues. Um, and I just think people need to be, I feel
0: like people just well, where, jump in. They're well, just The like, right questions to ask. You yeah. got to know the right questions to ask. And you got to know what you're looking for. So a little bit of prep work is very important. <laughs>
1: And don't be afraid to just throw up a big white tent in the backyard. Also, an option. I um, mean, if you've got a big backyard. <laughs> if you've got a big backyard. Yeah. And a beautiful tent. Or like Jamie701, she's got some cool tents. Oh, I didn't know that. For rehearsal dinners. I mean, I'm not trying to steal Blackleg's thunder.
0: Right, but if you. Want on, a to budget.
1: Be on a budget. Balling throw on up a, a budget. Throw up a tent. They're beautiful. They can be with the right decorator
0: right that's the thing it's like if you're cutting corners and getting married in your backyard to save on venue like then you gotta allocate some of that budget to a decorator because otherwise you're just like hanging out in a backyard in a wedding dress
1: yeah and plan for rain because I had a amazing wedding two years ago and it was in the backyard overlooking gorgeous landscape western North Dakota and I mean we were in a drought all summer long and it that weekend made up for it. It was just a swamp out there. It yeah, was so cold and wet. Yeah, if you're planning an
0: outdoor wedding in general, even, like, at Black Lake, it's very much an option to get married outside there, but, like, be aware that, like, we can't predict the future, so you gotta factor in, like, what are you doing if plan A fails? I've done, like, four
1: indoor ceremonies at Black
0: Lake because of rain or snow. Right? Isn't
1: that crazy? <laughs> More of the story, like, don't rush into a venue because you
0: saw somebody else had pictures there. Like, find out if it fits all of your wants and needs. Think about all the things you're going to need to know six months from now or a year from now when you're getting down to the nitty-gritty and you're trying to figure out table linens or capacity or whether you can bring your own booze in or your or food in. Or band and DJ stuff. Yeah. That's
1: important, too. Like, does it have the accommodations for all of that? those electronics that they need? Are they willing to help you, like, coordinate with the DJ? Or are they just, like... Nope, you do it all on your own.
0: <laughs> and is there like certain, maybe there's a certain DJ or a certain caterer or a certain photo booth that like they've had good experience with at their venue and fits in well and hooks up great to the electronics or, you know. The... Do they
1: provide the security? Do you have to get your own security? Do you have to have a liability? I know that there's a place in Bismarck, um, not the Post, but the other one out by. That little town by the airport. You I know what you're talking about, but I can't. Buck stop junction. junction. Yes, that venue requires you to have a like liability insurance for the weekend in case somebody were to get hurt there. Oh, I mean, those are different things that most venues don't typically ask for, but you should be asking if you need something like that in case a a guest were to break the stairs or punch a hole through the wall. <laughs> I don't know. Right.
0: Or hurt themselves. Yeah. yeah. Fall down the steps themselves. So there's so many more things to think about. So don't like day after you're engaged without any research, go and book a venue sight unseen, just knowing how many people it holds. Unless you're getting married in beautiful
1: France, then just call me and I'll tell you which venues are good because I love European weddings. And then you absolutely have to hire me, or I'm not helping. All
0: right, now we're getting <laughs> sidetracked. This is what I like to call it, getting sidetracked. I can't even feed into this European wedding because then we'll be talking about Europe for like two hours. Yeah. And we don't need that. I've got things to say, but maybe for our future podcast. Yeah, we could totally do like a whole destination. And we'll bring
1: Cassie in. She can come talk about Mexico weddings oh, and I'll talk about there you go. European weddings. And I'll just bask in the glory of it. Hey, you've got, you're, you're doing Italy with me this summer. Yeah. And if you're not, your dresses are. (laughs) (laughs) You can live vicariously
0: through your dresses. Sad day. I hope that's not the case. (laughs) I
1: want to come with.
0: Uh, Okay. So, anyways, before we get too far off topic, we're gonna wrap this one up. Oh. um, The code word for this week, yes, is you pick. Cleveland. I knew it was going to be your dog. I knew it. I didn't even have to say it. So the code word for week seven is Cleveland. And yes, that is my firstborn's (laughs) name. It's also where I was born. So if you need a way to remember it. I didn't know that. Yeah. Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland the dog. So put that on your
1: application. You will be entered in for a free drawing at the end of the giveaway. Application
0: time. And you will also get brownie points on your application. (laughs) All right. This has been the Midwest Wed Podcast. Everything you need to know about weddings in the Midwest. Brought to you by local experts. I'm Melanie. And I'm Anne. Cheers. Cheers.